Hello and welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff and the AM Consumer and Retail Group. Today is January 21st, 2021, which is a really fun date to say. And I am your host, Chris Walton, joined by the woman who is now warming up to Peloton and Mazinga, and everyone's favorite Jersey girl who isn't actually from New Jersey, Emma the intern. And you are blowing up Instagram and LinkedIn with like, you're doing workout, CrossFit workouts, Peloton workouts on like CrossFit bikes. Like it's insane. What were you doing this week? Chris, I, I am not one to claim that I am always right. And so as a, an F, in an effort Ooh, to understand, <laughs> in an effort to understand your point of view, Chris, uh, I signed up for the two month free Peloton membership because I, I really feel like there's so much going on in this space and not just from like a fitness capacity, which obviously I have a personal vested interest in because I own gyms that can right. only be open in minor capacity right now. But also just when we look at what the potential is for retailers in the space and fitness brands, whether your equipment, apparel, technology to become retailers and, and this bigger ecosystem. So yes, I am I am polling the internet on how their what their experiences are like with all of these brands and trying to figure out and make sense of and find the common threads and who can really win in this space. Yeah, you were killing so, it. Well, and, and you did that by specifically putting a video of a word. I thought what you did was brilliant because you put a video of yourself on a non-Peloton exercise bike, right? Exactly. And you're yes. huffing it, by the way, in that. Like, I was like, oh, damn, God. girl, you go. It's a hard workout, let me tell you, but so good. And that's why, I mean, as I was doing that, that it kind of occurred to me. I was like, okay, this is crazy. I've got, like, Lulu on, Nike on. I'm on a Rogue Echo bike, mind you. Not an assault bike. That is a different brand. I've been corrected oh, by oh, several sorry. people. Wow. Assaults is a brand like Kleenex. Um, So on a rogue echo bike, which is a CrossFit bike in a a gym doing this. And also I was by myself for the other people that were like, why aren't you wearing a mask? But but what you did, I thought was really cool too. So like you show that you like, there is potentially the opportunity here for, to do Peloton workouts on other equipment, which I think makes, which makes the pre-core acquisition really interesting when you start talking about Peloton's eventual entry into other workout spaces but then you also like you showcased all the all the different things you're doing, you know, like within that workout and how many different companies are involved. And then you asked other people to share that. And like that, that's really interesting because it shows just how many spaces there are for the hardware companies, the apparel companies, the equipment, I should say the equipment companies, although it is kind sure. of hardware in a lot of ways. There's so much space for all these people to go. And like, you know, Goldberg was saying, like, who knows if anybody went, Jason Goldberg was one of the people that was chiming in. Who knows if anybody wins out on this whole thing, but it shows you that these tentacles are there for Lulu with mirror Peloton Nike still getting in this game. Like you had a point with me too, like with Spotify that I thought was really intriguing too, like how music plays into this as well. Or Apple. Yep. Yeah. Emma threw in the Apple music component too. I mean, that's one for me so far, that's been like one of the biggest um, takeaways is that the music and the trainers or influencers as we'll call them um, also have a huge impact on the success of each of these platforms. So yeah, I mean, it's been in the news a ton. I think 
follow up. New York Times just did an article. Lauren Thomas and I were chatting about this from CNBC. She just wrote a big article about this. So, I mean, I think that you, yeah, it's going to be around and we definitely love to have this uh, debate. So uh, send us your thoughts and comments. But so net net though, you are coming around. Like you're, you're, you're kind of, you're softening to this and credit to you. Mrs. Omnitalk was like, I got to give you credit. Like she thinks something and then she went out and tried it instead of just having her opinion without trying it, which I think is, is really cool. And that says a lot about who I think you are too, in terms of if it strengthens why we do this my show, right? Yes. And if it strengthens my debate against you, Chris, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And your quads at the same time, right? <laughs> like then you're in good shape. Dun, 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 dun. You know it. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, Hey, this was a fun, I even got a fun show today. Like from a headlines perspective, this was a pretty slow week. I, it's got to say it was probably one of the slowest weeks I can remember. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. There just wasn't a lot happening. But what was happening, I think, was pretty, pretty darn fun. So to give you a lowdown, we've got a, we've got this week's put us on the spot question from AM, which has to do with the new smart cart news from Kroger. We're going to talk Macy's opening up more small format stores, Walmart and Western Union. And we close, of course, no surprise to anyone who's a loyal listener of this show, with the big news that Mark Laurie is now officially leaving Walmart. Wait for it, guys. But first. Who's saying wait for it now? Hey. I know me, right? But this time, wait for it, right? Wait for it. But first. I can't. We're going to start with Costco, and You ready for this? Oh, I am ready. You guys, Costco, even though they famously said just a couple of months ago, not going to do it. Rolls out curbside with Instacart at three New Mexico clubs. So according to USA Today, three Albuquerque-based clubs have rolled out the new service in partnership with Instacart. So members can purchase about 2,000 items, including groceries, jewelry, electronics, for a $10 pickup fee per order on minimum orders of $100. So Costco says also not to worry. There will be dedicated pickup spaces like the Costco shoppers are going to pay attention to those. Uh, and <coughs> that, that that a special note that Costco already partners with Instacart online um, for on-demand grocery and same-day deliveries. Now, we talked about this this week, Chris. You were like, why Instacart? How does this play into all of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Well, before we even go there, like, what's your like yeah. kind of what's what's your kind of each of yours take? I mean, Emma, I don't. We've never really talked about where Costco fits into your kind of Gen Z lifestyle. Like, what's your thoughts on this one? I've never been to a Costco. What we we oh, had so BJ's and yeah. like yeah, we had BJ's out. I wish on the that East was Coast. you. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you've been to BJ's though. So I, I just can't get over at the ten dollar pickup fee and the minimum order of a hundred dollars. Like, that's a big no from me. Right. Okay. But it's, is that, I mean, yeah. And I guess that's an interesting comparison too, with what it would just cost to get the delivery going. So yeah, that's an, that's a really, that's a really interesting point. Emma, Emma, Anne, what do you think? Well, I would pay certainly more than that to never have to step foot inside <laughs> Costco. So I might not be the right person to but, ask. But I love Mr. the Costco product. Oh, he loves it. Loves, loves. And my parents too, obviously yeah, right. like, but I, so oh, yeah. Mike's buying slacks at Costco. Oh, yeah. I mean, down in Florida, let me tell you, there was multiple purchases made from the Costco store in Fort Myers. But here's the deal. So I think that, you know, Chris really brought up why Instacart. And I think that for me, it makes complete sense. 
One, Costco is saying, like we said, not not more than a couple of weeks ago, like we're not even interested in this. We don't need to do it. Our sales yeah. are great. Let's keep on going. Chris, you wrote an article in Forbes about this that was really great. But I think what happens is they maybe realize that they did, in fact, need at least to test curbside pickup. Right. And they already have the Instacart infrastructure in place. Now, I'm getting conflicting reports about like who's actually doing the fulfillment. They're saying that Instacart's doing curbside fulfillment, but then they're also saying that like the um, the employees of Costco are doing this picking. Net net, we know that like there's some procedure and infrastructure set up to fulfill the Instacart orders. Right. My guess is that they're just using that technology to do this as a small format test in these three stores. But the infrastructure is there already. Why not test it out? See what happens. And I'm guessing that's why this $10 fee is coming on top of the this order is that they've got to pay for that technology or for that Instacart partnership in some capacity or another. And that's just how they're covering costs for now. But I think it's great. I mean, they'll learn something from it. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that your points, I think your points are both interesting in like juxtaposition with each other too. I think Emma, your, your point about okay, like how does this really compare to delivery, which I haven't thought about going into this. And then Emma or Anne, your point about, you know, I think Instacart's really interesting too. And you're right. I mean, I did I did write about this in, in September, and I was pretty blunt in that article that like I thought Costco's disdain for curbside pickup was not a smart move. And that, you know, at some point you're going to have to test this because it's what consumers want. It's what you mentioned BJ's. It's what BJ's has been doing. It's what, what Sam's club is doing. And look, here we are three to four months later and well, you know, they're starting to test it. And there were a lot of people that even poo-pooed me writing that at the time. And were like, no, Costco doesn't need it. Look at their business model. And you've been calling me out with direct quotes and some of their writings. And oh, by the way, I said, all those people look at me now and you know who you are. So listen up because like they're doing it. But here's my thing. I don't think this is the right test. Like I read, really? I, yeah, I kind of, I read the tea leaves with this, like, okay, it's doing it. It's in the expectation, but like I was on a webinar last night with C-suite execs from convenience stores. Can, I got it. This is important for everyone to hear. Convenience stores are talking about pickup, you know, at curbside or even at the pump as being like a long-term thing that customers are now going to do, that it's not just a pandemic related activity. Like it's something that you have to offer. We're talking convenience stores, right? Like, so why the hell wouldn't you expect that from Costco? That's going to be a competitive differentiator between BJ, Sam's Club, whomever else tries to get in this game. And who's to say like some of the things we're, you know, seeing out of Target too, who's to say they're not going to have bulk pickups somewhere at some point. Like it's a whole way to get into a bulk pickup game. If you can get people to go to your warehouse and people will do it if they can save money. So like this landscape is not built out at all. And then here's the thing, you're testing it with Instacart. So that makes me, and you're charging a fee for it. So like, what are you doing? Are you bought into this? Or are you like, yeah, you know what? We're getting a lot of feedback from consumers. We're not really thinking it's going to work. So let's just outsource this to like Instacart, which by the way, let's give Instacart another sellable thing that they can give to retailers and prove out and make again, the, make them the first point that you're going through to buy stuff. Yeah, that's a good move. Like we've talked about that ad nauseum, but yeah, I'm going on a rant here, but intentionally, but like, that's not the way to do this. So it makes me actually wonder if like the executive team is like, okay, let's try this and let's see if we're surprised. And you're, and you're shaking your head. I'm onto something, aren't I, as I'm talking about it. I think so. I think that's what's happening here. And, and here's what's going to happen. They are probably going to be surprised. And they're going to be like, oh shit, yeah, this thing works. You know, and then they're going to be like, oh crap, now we got to figure out how to do it ourselves, which is fine, I guess. But I don't know. I'd go a different route personally. 
What do you think, Anne? I I just I'm thinking if I'm an, if I'm on the the store of the future team at Costco, I'm like, this is a win, man. We got three. They were saying none two months ago, right. and now we got right. three stores. I don't care who we have to test it with. At least I can prove you know, at a very MVP way that this is a viable thing right. that we should be putting resources towards. So. The 25 year old who works there, who wants to go to the bar and doesn't want to waste time going into the store, but buy everything yes. there account is really wanting this and really happy today. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, our next headline, our next headline is super fun. And this is our put us on the spot headline from NM. And as I said before, it has to do with Kroger. So late last week, Kroger announced that it will roll out. Emma, you're going to love this name. The Krogo shopping yep. cart one of its Ohio stores just outside of Cincinnati. According to payments.com, the carts are built by Keeper and they come with a built-in video screen that is like a small version of the scanners Kroger has at its checkout lanes. And then customers can swipe the rewards cards, scanning away items as they put them into the cart. And of course, it keeps a running total the whole time. And when they're done, customers can just walk out of the store. Now, and Emma, here is the question. With Kroger getting into this smart cart game, we now have several cashierless options developing in the marketplace. Of course, we've got Amazon Go. Amazon has its own Dash smart cart. And as we've talked about in the last few weeks, Amazon has licensed its Just Walk Out technology to companies like Hudson News and Cibo Express. And of course, Grabango has also launched their first checkout free store in Pennsylvania with Giant Eagle. Okay, now we've got Kroger and Caper in the mix. So with all of that, is there room for all of these touchless checkout technologies in the market over time? Or does this reek of the HD DVD Blu-ray format wars <laughs> where one format ultimately wins out? And it sounds like you want to go first on this one. You're already chuckling. Oh, I just love I that. Such I really a good question. I know. I'm really loving these questions, AM. Good job. Yeah, um, this is awesome. So I'm gonna say. While I do, I think this card is cool. Yes. I mean, it's fun. It's a cool piece of technology. We've seen it at trade shows for years. I think it's been definitely, but for me, I don't know that I'm all in on the cart. I'm going to be watching Amazon closely because I think if anybody's going to do it well or learn from it quickly and can put the resources and funds toward doing so, it will be Amazon. So that's where I'm going to be watching this very closely. Um, but I'm actually more in favor of the other Kroger efforts they're doing their scan bag go concept where, right. or it's Sam's club, you know, where, where the device you're using a customer's device and you're really keeping like this, the elements simple, you know, you don't have to have a cart that's got to work and then a checkout process that's got to work and you know, a scale and all these things. And you're dealing with temperatures and all kinds of stuff. I think that to keep it simple, the scan pay go for me seems like where I would focus most of my efforts and the, the effort that I think is most scalable to most places. Yeah. You bring up good points. Emma, I'm curious what you think too. Like there's a little bit of this, like and if you watch, there's a video in the article to, you know, online now, and I circulated on LinkedIn this morning that shows you how, how big this thing is, how it works. Like you, you do start to wonder too, about like the trip type at a traditional Kroger store. And does this cart work for that? Or does it cause more friction given how big it is, you know? And so are there better options for like the quick trip that you just want to go in get a few things a la scan bag, go that kind of thing. Emma, how are you thinking about that? 
I will say the Krogo cart might be the only shopping cart I would ever use because I never <laughs> use you shopping, shopping carts. Yes, they're so clunky and I never buy that much stuff. Like it's just me. And so, but I think my prediction is that I think ultimately Amazon's going to win out with their just walkout technology. And it's over time just going to kind of get implemented in all these different places. Like we're seeing it in the airport convenience stores and whatnot. So that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I think you're right. I mean, it's just better. It's more pervasive. Like no one has to change their habits. Like if they can make go grocery 40,000 square feet to, you know, capture 90, 95% of what you do in a traditional grocery store. Yeah. That just seems like the better answer. Of course, you got the scalability issues in terms of processing power and hardware cost and figuring all that out, retrofitting stores. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, at some point you'll figure that out, but yeah, I don't know. I, this card thing is tough for me. Like they're, they're growing, believe it or not, even though I've been really down on cards, you guys are going to laugh at me when I say this, but they're, that's, I'm kind of like, yeah, with Peloton on this. And I like to change my mind too, but Carts are growing on me, but I want to qualify that. They're growing on me not for shopping. They're actually growing. And Emma, you probably, and you too, you'll understand this, but I think they're growing on me more for operational use cases. So what people are doing in the store and identify like the workers and identifying the items. Like I think of that one use case at a Target store at the end of the night, there was a huge cart of abandoned product that people just left strewn everywhere. That was the biggest pain in the ass to get back on the shelves, right? You had to scan each one and then find where it goes. Or if all that was in the cart and already identified by a computer, that eliminates and speeds up, not doesn't eliminate, but it speeds up that task so, so immensely. Yeah, that's a great oh, point, Chris. Yeah, I, I think, and there's, I think a ton of use cases like that, but I think the part where that I have trouble with buying into the cart for shopping is this. It's two points, really. One, it's inventory accuracy, right? If it's in the, that's the big crux of omni-channel retailing. And if you're going to invest in computer vision AI, you're not getting that from a cart because the cart is only what's in the cart. It's not what's happening around you, right? So that's why I still think like either uh, cameras on the shelves in the ceiling are going to provide you more value relative to the cost over the long run. I think it, so it just makes sense. And then the second piece is I just still hate the cart thing. Like watch that video. And at the very end, did you guys see this? They, there's a sign and you're pushing the cart and it says, please put the cart gently back in place. <laughs> yes. Why are they that. saying that? Cause they're worried like hell that these things are going to break. And by the way, every teenager that reads that is going to slam the crap out of that cart. <laughs> right. And it's not even in, you know, and they got winter and the heat in Arizona and stuff like that. Like, I just don't see this working. And I mean, you guys remember like how many broken wheels have you had on carts? Um, you know, like, you know, or the rascals that you have to like recharge as a, if you're working stores and they never God darn work. Like, that's, that's what you're going to have here. And I, there's just better ways. So for me, I, I'm, I'm more with you and I still, and, and Emma, I mean, I think it's, there's still better ways. Like I might be using scan and go still as my interim step. Uh, and any last thoughts on that? I got, I'm on rants of all time today. You are today. Yeah, um, I, we haven't even gotten to Lori yet, man. I got to oh keep God. this crescendo. I don't know. I might spontaneously combust. Hold on to your horses, everybody. No, the only thing I, that I, I think that I would emphasize or my biggest question was how much are you able to learn? You look at the retrofitted stores that just walk out technology like there as new products come into yeah. play. Like how much are you sharing that information? Are they cloud based? Like are are they able to continuously update that product set so that you can have the accuracy that you definitely are going to need if you're letting people just walk out of there? So. <laughs> Yeah, more to come on this. I think, I, and I think it is, it is a cool way for companies to sound tech, 
but I don't know that you really are if this is what you're doing. And I even think Amazon might know that, that but they just did it to sound cool. This might be one thing they did to sound cool. And Amazon is definitely cool. That. They are yeah. definitely cool. But I mean, the one thing they did where it's like, we really just did this to sound cool versus like, we're kind of testing it, but they are kind of testing it at the same time, but we'll see, you know, time will tell. And there's still a lot to go before, you know, we get to scalability like this in this DVD Blu-ray war, so to speak, or Emma, which you don't remember Betamax VHS. That's, that's the better analogy. Or laser discs. We didn't even talk about laser discs. track tapes, Emma. I don't know. Real to real. Emma, real, speaking of real, Emma, real is in. What's next? All right. So Macy's is opening their second smaller format market by Macy's location now in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And supposedly the store is going to have full service and self checkouts as well as same day DoorDash deliveries. And they're going to have a BOPIS service where a Macy's associate will walk your stuff out to your car for you for curbside pickup. So before I pass this off, I would just also before why I don't understand this at all. And then also, I couldn't find any kind of numbers on the first Market by Macy's location. So, of course, resourcefully, I looked at all the Google reviews of the store. And so the general consensus is that the store is beautiful. The coffee shop is great, but the merchandise sucks. And like, what are you doing if you the whole point of these stores was to like amp up merchandising and try the off mall location. But if you can't even get the merchandising right, what are you doing? And how's the merchandising different from Macy's, which is probably just, you know, in a suburban mall right down the road. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So you're not, you're not buying this. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not on this one too. I got to go first on this one too, Anne, because like, because, the, because this story reminded me of something you said, like there's a tell in this story that this idea sucks. I think, and, and to use it to, to quote millennial Gen Z speak that it sucks. Like, and here's what I think the tell is it's this, they're touting self-checkout. Right. So here's my question, because and I know you remember this. Do you remember when Jeff Gannett was up on stage at Shop Talk touting self-checkout and then yeah. you went in and tried it? T- t- tell everybody the experience, because then I want to talk about like why I think that's germane to this. But like, what was your ex- what was your experience with what he was saying was self-checkout? Well, the worst part was about Macy's is that, number one, you can't find somebody to check you out to begin with. And the way that they're solving this was another checkout, another set of lines for you to wait in. And I forget what it was, but it was just like, I think we wrote something. It was like, like another the way to save The way to <laughs> save Macy's from waiting or waiting in line at Macy's is adding more lines to wait in at Macy's. I yeah, mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was like a self-checkout station that you had to go to yes. where you were kind of like, what are you really doing here? And so that's my question question because like so and if somebody's down there in texas please let us know how the hell this works because like self-checkout in apparel what are you doing what are you doing with the uh the security tags there like how are you not waiting in a line so if you're touting this is cool and transformational it's probably not because otherwise that would be making headlines in terms of like whoa macy's has done a self-checkout process that gets rid of the hang tags and you can really just walk out of the store similar to amazon co and everything else we just talked about lions and tigers and bears oh my like it's just that's not what's happening here and emma i think your other point what is the math on this right like you're building these twenty thousand square foot stores you're adding all this overhead and yet you have other stores nearby so for this to work they have to either be incredibly productive which given what you just said emma to me is a huge challenge because why is the product going to make them that much more productive than traditionally or they have to attract massive new swaths of customers in these markets and given where the macy's brand is and what it means to people like 
is that going to happen? Like, is the coffee shop going to do that? When I have all kinds of other coffee shop and places to eat options, again, then you're in the restaurant business. And we've talked about this. That's the hardest freaking business in the world. Harvard Business School professors won't even listen to business school cases on restaurants. That's how ridiculously hard they are to do. They won't even listen to them. So I don't know. What, and sorry, what do you think here? My God, this is the most rants ever happening in all OmniTalk time, I think. But I, I'm like um, A plus rant today, dude. This is I know great. you are. I know you, well, everyone listening is probably like, dude, just shut up. But I'm like on it. I'm feeling it today. Well, the key thing to point out, though, is they are closing two of the anchor mall stores that are right around these areas. So this will be, for some people, the only Macy's that they'll be able to shop at this new format. And I I thought that there's two things, you know, it makes sense to cut back on your real estate, to reduce your footprint. Like, that all makes sense. But the real problem here is for Macy's and the concepts itself. Like, they're not doing, any, like you said, anything notable. They're adding things that are old. They're just adding self-checkout. They're adding curb I pick up like everybody's doing that. That's table stakes now. And you even had Rachel Steckman. I don't know if you guys heard this. She spoke at NRF last week. Even Rachel said who created the first South Lake concept was like, yeah, this is not what I wanted it to be anymore. So she's completely just like, without saying it specifically, she's just like, yeah, this is not what I created. And this is now just uh, this thing that Macy's kind of taken on to its own. So it makes sense what Emma's saying. She's and like, the, wait, hold on. She's like Michael Douglas in traffic where he's like the new drugs are and he's disavowing everything that happened before. <laughs> like it's not his fault. That's so yeah. amazing. That that's there, there's definitely about. some passing of the baton clearly happening there. Um, and Rachel wanting to free her name and her previous story concept. Can be called that one. With Jeez, we're on, yeah. We're on the front end of that. But the other thing too is like what they're doing, this whole initiative that they're doing with this concept is just taking the Macy's, moving it to smaller footprint and moving it off mall. And Daphne Holland at Retail Dive, I think she said it best in her article. She's like, you are basically just following Cole's strategy. And how is that working out for Cole's? Like the off mall thing is not going to save you. You've got to get smarter Macy's. You got to come up with some better ideas here to stay, stay afloat. Yeah, you have to answer the why. And the why is not going to be a coffee shop or restaurant and like this, no. like focus on the local brands. The reason local, local brands are local brands for a reason. Like you, you got to get, they don't have the draw and the scalability that you expect to find other things. You need cool brands. You need things that people want and that want to bring people in. Uh, I'm with you guys. All right. And let's do story number four. Okay, you guys. So starting this spring, Walmart will now offer Western Union Global Services at their more than 4,700 U.S. locations. So for the first time in the U.S., uh, Western Union services will be available and will include domestic and international money transfers, bill payments, and money orders. This partnership is happening in addition to the current Walmart financial services offerings and the fintech startup uh, that we talked about last week in partnership with Ribbit River. Rivet Capital that they announced last week. So this is really interesting coming off the heels of last week's story. Um, I think Walmart, a Walmart spokesperson said that this will make Walmart the first major retail in the United States to provide international and domestic money transfers through multiple transfer principles because they also have um, a few other platforms that they allow you to do money transfers. But For me, the most important thing here is that a lot of communities across the country see Walmart as more than just a store. 
So I think this is a smart move for Walmart to add to the conveniences of the one-stop shop of a Walmart. And the more that those customers can do in a Walmart, the better, and the more loyal that Walmart customers will become because, because of that offering. So curious what you guys think here. Yeah, I think it's a smart move. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think like you look at the macroeconomic indicators, like this activity is only going to continue to grow over time. I think it's, you know, is it a, my question has been, and I put this in the newsletter this morning, like, is it coincidence that it's coming right after the announcement last week with Ribbit, um, you know, or is it part of a grander plan? Um, I think the timing is weird. Like I would have actually gone first. If I was the PR team, I would have gone first with this and then with gone with Ribbit to say how you're moving it forward. Also makes me wonder because Western Union is so big, like what kind of entanglements are there as you try to tap into this same need state with the younger generations and where are you going to go next? Like, are they going to be free to do that technologically, which starts to raise some questions for me? Um, I don't know, Emma, what do you think? It sounds real complicated, and this is a bit over my head, but I also, my one of my first thoughts was like, why didn't they release this story before the Ribbit Capital one? You thought that like too. That just, yeah, that just didn't really make sense. Yeah, you kind of went new, interesting, and now you kind of went older school. So I, yeah, I think that the test will be like, what are they really doing in this space? But I think to your point, and macroeconomically, this it's still a reason to go. This financial services for many people might still be a reason to go to that store, or it's something to put in the entire like kind of Walmart-ish, Walmart Plus ecosystem. So you know, we'll see what happens next. All right, last story. We saved it for the end, and I know a lot of the loyalists are going to be waiting for this one, but I hate to say it, guys, but the king is dead. Mark Laurie is leaving Walmart to build the city of the future. Yes, according to Vox, Mark Laurie, who sold his startup Jet.com for, you know, just about $3 billion and then headed up Walmart's e-com business for the last four years, is now leaving his full-time role at the end of the month. This surprises no one, if you've been following this closely, uh, at least not us, and I'll spit our coffee out as I said that, but it really does because literally he has done nothing. Walmart has talked about him to zero degree since the Sam Walton pickup fiasco video of him uh, delivering groceries to someone's fridge inside of their house. So now here's where the story gets even better for me. He now plans to set his ego up, sorry, sorry, I mean sights on something bigger, something he is calling a city of the future, supported by, quote, a reformed version of capitalism. It's a new model for society that he will be testing, end quote. What do you guys think of this? I have to let you guys go first because I am going to go on an all-timer here and I already have today. So this one's going to be fun. Like those quotes, I just can't even take it. But but Emma, let's start with you because Anne and I have a huge history here. What do you think? My first idea with this was like, man, shut up. That's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> and like now I'm just thinking, you know, why don't we send him, Bezos, Musk and Kanye West off into the desert? They can build their city of the dreams. I'm and good with Bezos. I actually think Bezos knows what the hell he's doing. But OK, Kanye West. OK, we go Kanye, I'm just throwing him in there for the money. On a desert like, island. Yeah, yeah okay. just go out there, do that. It's never going to happen. OK, <laughs> like, bye. So you were kind of like, I can't take this. All right, and yeah. what do you think? Oh, man. I mean, this thing's already like fully funded. You guys realize that like he's got friends in all Probably. kinds of high places. So 
Um, I think this totally makes sense. I'm not surprised at all. I was a little surprised that they let him go so early because I think he's supposed to be there until September at least, right? Like officially. there was some, yeah, they let him out early for some reason, which tells you something too, by the way. But sure, exactly. Um, but there's, I mean, there's so many random things about this. Like there's some very Trump-esque sounding things. Like I'm going to make a TV show. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to create my own village or whatever. And I think that, you know, I think it could be kind of interesting to see if he actually pulls this off. Um, I mean, it's going to be fun. Come on. It's it's the greatest showman since P.T. Barnum. Yes, exactly. I I just... I just can't get it's very obviously about entertainment value, Chris. It's a hundred percent entertainment. And you know, it's not like it's going to matter for the rest of us anyway, because we don't have a doorman and the city will likely require <laughs> that. So, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good who cares? anecdote for those that have listened for a while. I, I, okay. I can't. All right. So here's my, I got three thoughts on this. All right. I was trying to think of like, how do I cogently kind of wrap everything up in a very cogent way? And like, which I just said twice and I understand that I did that, but here are my thoughts. I think number one, I think you have to be, you know, pretty darn full of yourself to say you're going to develop a better version of capitalism because you know what's going to develop a better version of capitalism? Freaking capitalism. Like that's the whole point. That's what capitalism is. It's not one person going out and doing it. So that just drives me insane. You can see like the blood popping in my veins already. Yes. Now here's my challenge to everyone out there, to you, Emma, the intern and you as well. I challenge everyone out there. Give me one thing Walmart has done over the last four four years that you can pin conclusively to Lori or that Walmart wouldn't have done on its own. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not Spatial Land. It's not Jet Black. It's not Bonobos. It's not ModCloth. The list goes on and on of like many, many millions of dollars that were spent that from my perspective amounted to nothing. And everything else that Walmart has done, they were already doing in Sam's Club and places like that. And by the way, so was the competition. Like Target way out in front on some of the stuff that Walmart's been doing of late. So like, tell me what he did and what that $3 billion accomplished and could Walmart have done it on its own? I think it could have. That's always been my premise or that there were smarter ways to have gone even faster over the last four years under his tenure. And then here's my thing. Yeah, this is why I cannot get on board with you. Like if I'm an investor, I'm not getting snookered on this city thing. I think this is just like a bigger bet. And now you got to be careful because he's playing with house money. And here's what I think is going to happen. Check this out. Like diapers.com. All right, fine. But it was never going to be a going concern. They even talk about that in the articles. That's why he had to get out of it. Jet.com. What was that beyond the sales pitch? It amounted to nothing. Walmart's even shut it down for crying out loud. Like what was the real idea there? What was the going concern money-making venture? So again, Maybe you're right, and He's going to get people to buy into this, like you. He's going to figure out how to get I'm investors in on it, it early. Hold I, on, hold on, hold on. Let, me, hold finish. On. let, me, let me finish. Let okay. me finish. He's going to buy into this early. You know, he's going to get people buying it early. He'll probably make a ton of money. He'll probably make those investors a ton of money, just like he probably did on Jet.com and everything else. But then you're going to look five to ten years later, and you know what this city of the future is going to look like? I'm going hometown on this one. It is going to look like goddamn Tombstone, Arizona, ten to fifteen years from now. <laughs> That's what this thing is. Write it down, everyone listening. Tombstone, Arizona. That's what this city of the future is going to be like circa 2050 or whatever the hell it is. So anyway, all right, go ahead. I'm done. Rant over. I, 
I'm I'm just clarifying that I'm not saying I would invest in this. I'm saying I'm looking at it from pure entertainment value. Oh, entertainment. Oh, yes. It's hilarious. I'm not not buying in on on city, future city concepts. This is the Bugsy Siegel of 2021, man. Like, I'm all over this. This is, yeah, this is going to be must-see whatever you call it today. It's like TV. Laserdisc. Must-see Laserdisc. Yeah. What was the Friday thing on, like, ABC? What was that called? Like, with uh, Step by Step and, like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. TGIF. Oh, TGIF. Yeah, of course. Obviously. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Well, any last thoughts on this? No. No? Go for it, dude. We we beat the dead horse riding its way out to Tombstone, Arizona. I think you've done that. Yes, successfully. That's my all-time favorite line, just for Mm -hmm. everyone to see. All right. Well, that wraps us up. It was a ton of fun. Like I said, today's show, we were just going to hopefully have a ton of fun. I know I did. I'm not sure if everyone else did, but... There were a lot of fun headlines. There wasn't a lot of headlines this week, but the headlines we're gonna, we did We're going to need a blood pressure spo- like sponsor after this one for uh, the amount of craziness that just ensued. We need a coffee sponsor. That's what we need. If you're listening and you want to sponsor the coffee for our show, let us know because we're all, we're all amped up. But anyway, happy birthday today. Great birthdays today too. Great birthdays. My favorite accidental tourist, Gina Davis. The star of one of my favorite all-time basketball movies. If you've never seen it, check it out. One-on-one with Robbie Benson. Oh, and I know you're a big fan. And the woman who once made Nicole Kidman jealous of her on-screen relationship with Tom Cruise in the movie The Firm, Karina Lombard. Happy birthday to all three of those wonderful people. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you, all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up for it today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. We say it every week. Some of what we say might be right. Some of what we say might be wrong. But what matters most is the conversation. Be careful out there. The Talk Fast Five is brought to you by the A&M Consumer and Retail Group and Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com.